Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 should you wish to be a part of this year program. Now, we're, we'll be a little loose with you on the phones, but y'all on the phones, uh, I, the spirit has hit me. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. I Never mind. Well, no. <sighs> I've been roped into the Righteous Gemstones on HBO. If you have a problem with bad language, do not watch. Do, do, do not watch it. But it is, once you understand, it is not a show that is ridiculing Christians. It is a show that is ridiculing the prosperity gospel. It's genius. It is genius. But anyway, the spirit has moved me. I, I got to talk about something, and I've been actually dying to get to this, and I've been making myself put it off because there's been so much other stuff. But I, I've got to, we, we need to, y'all, we got to talk. We have a problem. We live in an age where people truly believe they can signal their virtue without ever having to be virtuous. What set me off, just so you understand, the head of the European Union had the EU headquarters lit up to look like the Ukrainian flag. The top floors were all lit up in yellow and the bottom floors in blue and the Ukrainian blue and the Ukrainian yellow. It's very distinct shades. It's a very beautiful thing. Except the EU isn't doing jack to help Ukraine. I can understand Dallas, Texas doing it. I can understand the top of the New York, uh, the Empire State Building in the Ukrainian colors. I can understand that these are cities far away that are doing it. They're not the Capitol buildings. It would be like, remember when Barack Obama, after the Obergefell decision that legalized gay marriage, lit up the uh, north face of the White House in the rainbow flag? Okay, can you imagine Joe Biden lighting up the White House in the Ukrainian flag colors and say, hey, yeah, y'all are on your own and I'm not going to send you weapons, but we're with you in spirit. When a country's being invaded... Thoughts and prayers only go so far. Thoughts and prayers from the people are fine. But the government saying thoughts and prayers with you. You know, the left mocks conservatives for saying our thoughts and prayers are with shooting victims when there's a mass shooting. But we're not the government. We're individuals. And we don't support their legislative prescription. This is not a policy issue here. This is our friends who we have wooed to come to the West, flirted with the idea, liked the idea, wanted to get out of Vladimir Putin's sphere of influence. We said, y'all, come on. The water's fine. And the moment they did, Putin invades like, thoughts and prayers. What the hell? 
I'm sorry. Um, uh, excuse my language. Um, it, it, I'm, I'm, I'm saying that in lieu of, of worse words that are in my head right now because I'm just outraged by this. And it has started years ago. Remember when the, uh, when the Woko Haram, not the Woko Haram, the Boko Haram, the other terrorist group, the, the Boko Haram kidnapped all of the kids in Nigeria. And Michelle Obama's like, hashtag save our girls. Oh, that's going to do it. Yes. A hashtag is going to save our children from terrorists. Bagu, bagu. Hashtag. Allah. Uh, my God. No. The filthy terrorists were not put off and intimidated by a hashtag. They believed they had Allah on their side and they were going to keep the children and either use them as sex slaves or kill them. A hashtag did nothing. But I'm sorry. I'm going to overlay the Ukrainian flag on my social media avatar. When people see my profile picture on Twitter, they'll see the Ukrainian flag. They'll even see it next to my name. They'll know I care. That and six bucks will buy you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. It won't save Ukraine from invasion. Now, I get it. Listen, there are causes... Where I get it. Cancer. Cancer. You cannot cure cancer. You are not a researcher and you are not a doctor. But you have friends who are afflicted with cancer. And so you contribute money to a research effort and you get a ribbon and you proudly display it that you care about this cause and you have contributed money to it. You can't do jack about cancer, but you gave money to help. There are causes where that is perfectly fine. There are causes that are out of your hands, but you care. I get that. But sometimes some of the actions, like no one puts on a pink ribbon and thinks, well, I have defeated cancer. But there are those people who who pick up the hashtag, Save Our Girls. They really thought they were doing something. They were generating outrage, and you know that outrage was going to do it. Nobody cares. Vladimir Putin does not care about your outrage. Vladimir Putin does not care that you are on the side of the Ukrainians. He's already at the gates of Kiev. He doesn't care about your feelings. Vladimir Putin does not care that Joe Biden is upset. Lighting the Brandenburg gates up with the the Ukrainian flag while the Germans are blocking sanctions against Russia that would have a meaningful, immediate financial impact? What the hell good does that do? It does nothing to help. It does nothing to help. It gives them some sort of credit for feeling, oh, we lit up the Brandenburg Gate with the Ukrainian flag while they're dying and we're doing nothing to help them, but we feel good about ourselves. The Western world. Maybe Ukraine getting its butt kicked like this. God 
bless them, I, I hope they can beat them off. But will this be a wake-up call for the West that, hey, you guys, you, you've you've had a period of unseriousness? You had that time, the Berlin Wall fell, the Soviet Union collapsed, the world was in a second Pax Americana. And then 9-11 happened and things were thrown for a loop for a number of years. Things were thrown for a loop and things kind of settled down. And you got into a rhythm of things and the world was mostly stable. Occasional terrorist attack, often intercepted and caught, occasionally happened. Occasional natural disaster but everything seemed calm and you could not have to care about anything. You didn't have to be involved in anything. You could signal your caring with your hashtag. No one was going to die. And again, it's one thing for you. You know what? Truth be told, you really can't do a whole lot in Ukraine, can you? Now, there's a link for the Ukrainian military out there where you can give them money so they can buy weapons. But you really can't do anything, can you? You can pray. Oh, prayer is powerful. Believe me, I know the power of prayer. And you can pray for Ukraine and its safety and the safety of its people. You can pray that God's will be done or you can pray God beat the Russians. Yeah, I think you can pray for God beat the Russians. You know, the Psalms are full of of Psalms begging that God punish the bad guys. The Russians are the bad guys here. You can pray for that. Prayer works. Prayer is one of the most powerful, powerful tools. But that's about all you can do unless you're going to give some money to the Ukrainians or open your home to Ukrainian refugees but you are not individually the government. You're not the First Lady of the United States. You're not the President of the United States. You're not the President of the European Union. You're not the Chancellor of Germany. You're not the Prime Minister of Great Britain. You're not the President of France. And for them to signal their care and concerns and virtue and not do anything to help the Ukrainians, we should all be appalled by this. This is a failure of Western leadership. If you weren't here in the first hour, Tom Cotton, senator from Arkansas, was on, and he pointed out how many – the European leaders, a lot of them are on on the payroll of Russian companies. They make money. The Russians have bought them off. Frankly, I am concerned in this country about the number of people and institutions who may be bought off by the Russians. I am genuinely appalled at the number of people who are purportedly on my side of the aisle who are praising Vladimir Putin and defending him of this. No, I'm not talking about Donald Trump who praised Putin and said this would not happen on his watch. No, no. There are loud voices out there on the right, including people like Mike Flynn, saying that Putin's in the right. Putin's the good guy here. No, he is not. And you've got a broken soul if you think he is. But I can tell you the government waging meme wars doesn't do anything. The American State Department under Joe Biden has been issuing memes, memes, visual images to relay a message like a political cartoon to make you laugh, to make you think. That's what they're doing, a meme war. Woohoo! That's really going to stop the Russians. 
lighting your building like the Ukrainian flag. Oh, my gosh. Vladimir Putin is going to say that. Oh, if only I, I didn't know they were going with the light bulbs. I, I didn't know they were going with the light bulb. I, if only I had known. Do you know what the carbon footprint of those light? By God, we better cancel the invasion. They've lit up the Brandenburg Gate. All that energy is going to get climate change. We better, we better, guys, cancel, go home. Can you really? Someone thought, oh, we're going to show our solidarity. We're not going to give them anything. We're not going to send weapons. We're not going to deploy the useful sanctions. We're not going to punish the Russians, but we're going to light up the Brandenburg Gate. That'll do it. As all those Ukrainians die, we, the people of the West, are unserious. We, the people of the West, we are not a serious people. And Vladimir Putin is a very serious man. And our hashtags and our memes and our profile pictures with the Ukrainian flag, none of that's going to stop Vladimir Putin. That thing that will stop Vladimir Putin is a bullet, ammo, tanks, weapons, money. And we could send all of that to Ukraine right now. But according to Foreign Policy magazine, the Biden administration is concerned if we send arms to Ukraine, Vladimir Putin might get mad at us. I'm not making that up. They might get mad at us. Let them. I mean, he's already mad at the hashtag. Might as well be mad at the bullet. At least the bullet will do something. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. Teresa has been waiting very patiently, and I would like to go to her. Teresa, thank you for hanging out on the phone. Sorry you had to wait so long. Oh, that's all right. I just thought I'd share something real fast with you. Sure. I was raised by a lady from East Germany. It's my foster mother. Mm -hmm. And she was 10 years old when the communists came in. Mm -hmm. So all of this is just bringing back memories to her. She just says Putin is a bully. He is. And... So I'm, I was just trying to, you know, I try to keep a positive. Whenever I see someone down, I try to do something positive for or say something. Good. And, well, the other night when she was talking about this, I had to tell her about you. Uh-oh. <laughs> that could get you in trouble. <laughs> and the Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> and she got such a kick out of that. She, You would love, love to meet her. You know, I'm, she I'm would. Sure. She's a, she loves a good laugh, and she, God, she is glad that God gave her a cheerful spirit. Well, that is great. And, and, uh, but, you know, I just, I just, I took her out the, yesterday, and we, we went out to town and, and rode around, and we just hung out. Good, 
Good for you. And it turned out that the weather was good, like today oh and now. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I'm resenting being at work. I mean, I love you guys, but I'm resenting being here. It is it is beautiful weather today. Look, I got to leave, leave you there, but thank you so much. And, and you picked the right story to tell. For those of you who have not heard it, the encapsulated, very brief story is when right before Christy and I got married, I, I knew the way to save our marriage long term would be to have a king-size bed so she couldn't touch me when I was going to sleep. I was just snuggling while I'm sleeping. Ugh. Anyway. So we order the bed, and it was supposed to be delivered, and I'm in the shower, and we get the knock at the door, and they made clear it could be a week or more before they came back again if I missed it. So I run down the hall. We're in a real house. I'm I literally, I mean, pool of water going with me because I am dripping wet. I got a towel wrapped around me. I fling open the door, and the towel drops right there in front of the three women from the Jehovah's Witnesses who... They dropped the watchtower and, I mean, nearly fell off the porch. They were running so fast to get away from me. I did not mean to. I know I, I really thought it was the mattress company, and I didn't think the towel was going to fall either. And if it had fallen in front of a couple of dudes bringing a mattress, it wouldn't have mattered. But these poor they never came back. I, I think I'm on like a child predator list for the Jehovah's Witnesses or something because they never came. I mean, they've never come back to share Jesus with me. Um, I, 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 to this day, I feel really bad about it. It's embarrassing, but I got a great story. It's a true story. I promise it really did happen. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Oh, this is, this is funny. Uh, I'm going to go to Rooster. Rooster, welcome to the program. This is funny because the other day we had somebody call, uh, and I looked at it, I was like, oh, it's Rooster calling. And then it wasn't you. It was it was like Roger or something. <laughs> Is this somebody impersonating the Rooster? I, I, I hope not. I, I You know, you never oh. know. I, I, oh, I, you know what happens when there's two Roosters in a barnyard, right? <laughs> you win. <laughs> I, uh, Eric, I was going to make the comment. You know why in every video game and movie the bad guy is always the Russians? Because they're bad? No, because they don't care about getting offended and you do all kinds of craziness. They don't care. They beat you up anyway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, you know that. I have one other. Go ahead. Go ahead. I've got another comment once we're done with the Russian thing. But, you know, in the movies and the video games, the Russians, they don't care what you think. They're not afraid of us us offending them, and, you know, it doesn't matter if, you know, we do something that offends them. They're not going to cut off our TVs and everything else like China or somebody else. They're just, they don't care. Well, and, you know, so, and, so your, your point, everything too, doesn't make any difference. just think about this. In, in all the movies where you have, like, the bad guy who's like the Russian, they always tell you in advance exactly what they're going to do, which is exactly what Putin did, and no one took him seriously. It's funny if you do, if you look at World War II and how World War II started, it looks exactly like an echo yes. as to what's happening right now. It does. We should all uh, be worried about that, and no one cares, right? Uh, but anyway, my other comment was going to be, uh, you know, uh, I, th- I think uh, I think with the fact that uh, we had to pick a black female to be on the Supreme Court justice. You know, they should have picked me because I could claim to be black and female, and, you know, the lefties can't question me because all of a sudden I'm a minority. 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, it, it's all it depends on what you identify as. Uh, it really is. And it, look, it's good to talk to you. I hope you hope you have a good rest of your weekend. Um, the the issue here is that uh, Kenanji Brown Jackson is indisputably qualified for the job, whether I like her politics or ideology or not. She's qualified for the job just as uh, by virtue of her position. But to go in and say, I'm only going to f- look at black females makes you think there there might actually be a lot of people um, who are more qualified, but we can't get them. And that's that's the problem. That's the problem. Uh, by the way, there's some breaking news happening right now. Phil Mattingly, awesome guy, by the way. Phil Mattingly is is a, a great, great guy. He's a reporter at CNN, covers the White House Forum. Uh, just a, a super guy, great dad. Um, and he is reporting that President Biden is about to impose sanctions directly on Vladimir Putin. He should have done it yesterday. This, this incrementalism is nonsensical, but at least we finally got there. Now – um, I want to I want to say something real quick, and particularly for those of you on the left, if you're a progressive, and I know I have progressive listeners, because they always tell me they they see me, they say I listen to you, I disagree with everything you say, but you're such a nice guy. Well, thank you, I appreciate it. But I want to tell you something you can't disagree with me about because it is historically true. In 1688. Yeah, history lesson. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the history lesson portion of the Eric Erickson Show. In 1688, the British fought their glorious revolution. Didn't really even fight it. They chased James II off the throne and they brought over William and Mary. Not a shot was fired and James II fled. Within the memory of Charles the first beheading when the English Revolution was, English Civil War was. So the British bring over William and Mary and Parliament sits down and they write a Bill of Rights. The English Bill of Rights of 1689 is a very famous document. One of the things that was included in that document was the people shall have the right to keep and bear arms. A curious phrase, is it not? That's the actual citing of the English Bill of Rights. The people shall have the right to keep and bear arms. The reason the British lords wanted the right to keep and bear arms is because they did not want the crown to be able to subjugate them, but also because of the unstable times, they were very near France. On a clear day, you can see France from the Dover Straits you, you from or the Dover Cliffs. You can see France. And they knew they could be they could be attacked by the French, by the Spanish, by other other kingdoms. And if they were in disarray, who would defend the island? If the king was gone or the king was in chaos with the lords, who would defend it? The people would defend it. Fast forward. The grandchildren of the authors 
of the English Bill of Rights are now in a new world called America. They believe they are Englishmen. They believe they are British subjects loyal to the crown, and they should have a say in Parliament because they're they're British citizens. And in the glorious Bill of the the Bill of Rights after the Glorious Revolution says they get a say in Parliament. Parliament can't raise your taxes unless you get a vote in Parliament. And we're we're British subjects. We're Englishmen. Our grandfathers died and fought, and 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 they got the Bill of Rights. And the Bill of Rights is ours too. And, and Parliament said, no, you're colonists. You're not citizens. You're colonists. Colonists are not citizens. And it led to a revolution called the American Revolution. In our modern times, and modernity is typically put in the, the realm of Louis XIV of France and thereafter is considered modernity. For a variety of reasons we need not get into, but largely because of the Enlightenment. So we're in modernity, early modernity, the 1700s. And the grandchildren of the authors of the English Bill of Rights say, well, this is our legacy too. And they have a revolution, the American Revolution, the first revolution that was successful to gain independence from an empire. And they write out of their constitution. The British didn't have a written constitution. They did. The British had the Bill of Rights in writing and the Magna Carta in writing, but they didn't have an actual constitution in writing. And the Americans decide to do it. And one of the major contentions at the Constitutional Convention is where are our rights? We just launched a revolution to claim our Bill of Rights as our own, and we don't have it. Why is it not in this document? And if you read the Constitution— The Constitution has some rights in it. The Constitution does have kind of a a miniature version of a Bill of Rights in it, but it's not the depth that one would like to have for a Bill of Rights. There's got to be more to it than that. There must be more than Article 4. There must be the citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens of the several states. There must be more than that. And so the founders and the drafters of our Constitution say, hey, you pass this and we'll do a Bill of Rights. So the people who wrote The Constitution promised to do a Bill of Rights to make more clear what that phrase in Article 4 meant. The citizens of each state shall be entitled to all privileges and immunities of citizens of the several states. And they came up with our Bill of Rights. And the first was Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or of abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peacefully assemble to petition the government for a redress of their grievances. Five things in the First Amendment. And then they resurrect the language from the English Bill of Rights. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. They they preface it with a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Now, part of this was, well, what if our government gets so powerful 
The people need to rebel. Well, here, here's your, your power check government. We're going to let the people bear arms. But it wasn't just that. And Second Amendment advocates oftentimes say, well, it's about if the government comes to get us, like in Canada. I mean, we, we'd be able to stick it to them. We got guns. They can't just come get us. But speaking of Canada, it's also about that. And we sometimes forget it. The Canadians are subject to the British crown. They were the bad guy, not just now, but back then. And Florida man back then was actually the Spanish king. That's right. Florida man was the Spanish king back then. So you had Spain to the south of us and Britain to the north of us. And we were a new fledgling country. So we needed the people to keep and bear arms in case they came for us again. Ukraine is now learning that lesson the hard way. The president of Ukraine, when the Russians started agitating years ago, was asked, don't you want a version of the Second Amendment for Ukraine? And he said no. He didn't think gun ownership needed to be encouraged in Ukraine. For 24 hours in Kiev, the line around the armory has stretched as all the citizens of that city line up to be given guns to save themselves and their city from the Russians across Ukraine. Right now, this very moment, darkness has fallen. It is night. It is winter. It is cold. And the people are in their homes. They're in their basements. They're in subway shelters and bomb shelters making Molotov cocktails and learning how to use the guns that the government is giving them because they're there. They're there, the Russians are. They've invaded. And the people need their guns to protect their homeland. The line stretches around the block. In one Ukrainian city, the local officials begged the people to go home. They had not eaten. All they had done all day was give guns to people. And please let them go home and rest and re-energize, and they'll be back the next day to give more guns. And the people are still there in line right now. The sun is down. It is winter in Ukraine and Eastern Europe. It is cold, and they are there to get their guns to defend their homeland. If only they did not have to queue up in a line. If only they had them to begin with, as we in this country do. I tell you the truth, and I am not kidding. Every American should own a gun and know how to use it. Every American should own a gun and know how to use it. And as I head out to commercial break, I need you to know something. There's a breaking news story. It's happening at this very moment. The Germans and the Russians now say they will go along with SWIFT. There is intelligence 
NATO has just come public in the last 15 minutes. NATO has come public and said they have reason to believe the Russians will not stop at Ukraine. They have reason to believe that Russia will go beyond Ukraine once they get it. In particular, into Romania, there is a portion of Romania that has been petitioning Vladimir Putin for relief. Romania is an ally. NATO has just ordered 50,000 soldiers to Eastern Europe. The Finns have said they will now consider NATO uh, membership. And the Russian embassy in Finland has now said that there will be consequences for Finland if they do. This is heating up. The Second Amendment has a real meaning other than you get to own a gun. It has a very real intention behind it, and we, as we're watching these events unfold in Europe, should remember that. They won't come for the Swiss, not just because of their neutrality, but because Switzerland, every single citizen owns a gun and knows how to use it. They'll leave them alone. Now, one of the groups that's out there defending the Second Amendment is Patriot Mobile. They support the Second Amendment clause and the groups that support the Second Amendment, and they do so by taking a portion of their profits when you do business with them and giving them to conservative causes. That's why you should do business with Patriot Mobile. But don't worry about the signal service because you get the same towers everybody else uses, and you get 5G, you get data, you get uh, voice, you name it. You get it from Patriot Mobile. They're Christian conservatives. They put their money where their mouth is by supporting the conservative movement, and they give you great discounts. If you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member, Go to Patriot Mobile, tell them you get a discount as well, and you get free activation with my name. Go to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric, PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K, or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. They got good discounts, great service. They're a good company, and they give a portion of their profits to fight for the causes you care about. Well, it does not help. Vladimir Putin, that suddenly he's telling Finland what they can and cannot do. The Finns have a history of killing uh, Russian soldiers, so he may not want to mess with them. It's it's very proud bit of Finnish history. They've always toyed with NATO, but they've they've reserved the right, never done it. And now their former prime minister and now their current prime minister are signaling they just might join NATO because of this, and the Russians aren't happy. Uh, you know, Putin knows what he wants, but I don't know that he knows uh, the lay of the land for everything else. Although he did know we were, we the West were vulnerable to this. I y'all, I, I gotta, I want to close out the show by just kind of doing a, an important synopsis, historic understanding here for you. Vladimir Putin understands that populist movements are destabilizing, and he has funded those movements around the world including interfering in the American election in 2016. Now, don't hear me wrong here. The Democrats say, well, he got Trump elected. That's not true. What Putin did is he funded Facebook ads, only about $20,000 worth, targeted people, though, and a few other activities to try to get Democrats and Republicans at each other's throats to destabilize us through populism on the left and the right. It worked. We've been at each other's throat ever since. And he's largely been able to get a pass because of it. He doesn't like NATO. He doesn't like Western Europe. He believes that uh, the Soviet Union was a stabilizing force of the world. He doesn't like the Soviets. And that's the thing you got to understand. He's not a communist, even though he was in the communist system in the KGB. He is not a communist. He believes that a mighty Russia is a good thing. He's a czarist, not a communist. He wants to be the czar in all but name. 
And in the last decade, he's been able to take advantage of the Western fear over climate change hysteria. And he's gotten the West to downsize their dependence on their domestic energy sources and rely on him. And so all the Western powers have been able to reduce their carbon footprints while buying Russian energy. And he's got them now. They've been taking their advice from Greta Thunberg, and they've become dependent on Russia. And they can't stop him now without freezing themselves or bankrupting their citizens. It was a very smart, monstrous play that now has him invading Ukraine with a weak Western response. If we don't stand up to him now, it's only going to get worse. It's 2022. Things are still crazy. Things haven't settled down. And now you got the Federal Reserve and interest rates. you got the economy. you got inflation. A lot of banks won't even return your phone call. Let's say you're a small business and you need a loan for $750,000 or higher. You see an opportunity where banks, they don't even want to see you. You want to buy a building. You want to build a building. Reach out to the Frost family at First Liberty Building and Loan. They've been helping small businesses become big businesses since the 1990s. They want to help you if they can. So spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a good fit for them and they're a good fit for you. Their website is firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. Again, you need a loan, $750,000 or higher. You're a small business and you see an opportunity to grow. Share it with the Frost family and see if they can help you. Firstlibertyga.com. That's firstlibertyga.com. First Liberty Building and Loan can help businesses nationwide become bigger businesses.